0: What's going on, everybody? And welcome in to another edition of the Two Minute Drill podcast. I am James Grande. And no, we are not joined by Dan Malon this week. Dan is in the air as we speak on his private jet being flown across the country by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yes, his favorite actor, if you ask him or if you ask me, uh, definitely his favorite actor. I am joined by the Nebraskan himself. Uh, maybe not born there but bred into being being uh a corn husker matt sells matt what's going on brother thanks for filling in this week
1: i'm good i was definitely not born here uh, <laughs> nor do i think i'm actually bred into being a corn husker <laughs> I don't actually like the university of nebraska but um i'm good you know it's been kind of a weird weather situation the last we had like 70 mile an hour winds all weekend here so like I, you know, was planning on raking the leaves and then they blew themselves. all. Over. <laughs> so, um I'm good. You know, got some got some time to watch a lot of sports this weekend. MLB playoffs, NFL games, uh, obviously NASCAR and F1 happened, but NFL games were nuts this weekend.
0: Yeah, it's seemingly been the uh, the case, I'd say, this year in general. I don't think a lot of. um Truth be told, I don't think a lot of people projected the New York Giants to be six and one. I don't think a lot of people project the New York Jets to be five and two. I don't think anybody expected the NFC South to uh, everyone be under 500 seven games of the year with the Atlanta Falcons tied for first place. So there's a lot of um, craziness going on in the NFL and kind of to speak to that craziness this week, Matt. We were unfortunately bit with the injury bug, Um, and there was more big names this week than I think there had been in in weeks past, and I think that's really where um, the story of this week lies. Um, And So let's dive into the injuries this week. I think there's a lot of fantasy-relevant stuff that happened, unfortunately. Um, And you know what? It's football. It does take place, and we have to be able to adapt and, and move on with our teams. So let's start in New York with... Standout rookie Brees Hall, his season coming to an end, officially listed with a torn ACL and torn meniscus, um, and was well on his way to the rookie of the year. Um, And that unfortunately comes to an end after four carries, 72 yards, another big touchdown. Um, But we have to pivot, and the pivot seemingly is Michael Carter, a guy that we are familiar with last year the Jets took in the fourth round of last year's draft. Um, looked good at times, and then looked good at times this year. Um, has a couple two touchdown games. Is decent in the passing game. Um, what's your take on Michael Carter for the rest of the season? He's presumably the the RB one with the likes of um, Ty Johnson filling in in and, and passing downs. But what do you make of Michael Carter, and how do you think he? What do you think he fits in the landscape of running backs rest of the season?
1: Uh, I think he's perfectly plug and play. In yep. fact, I wasn't sold on Brees Hall taking over the job at the very outset of the season. I mean, obviously, his play dictated right. that that be the case. But the other side of it is Zach Wilson isn't throwing to the wide receivers. Yeah. Right. Like they're just not at all. In the game against the Packers, I think the wideouts saw six targets total. Like he's <laughs> just throwing everything to the the running back. So if that's the case, may as well go get the guy who's next in line for targets, which is Michael Carter um he is a very good running back he was last year in his rookie year um and i don't foresee that changing very much i mean it's the same they're not going to change the offense so may as well go get the next guy up as they say
0: yeah i think there's a couple things to note with carter yes Brees hall was the definitive running back one in new york um after a few weeks But Michael Carter still never played less than forty-two percent of snap, so it was still always close in terms of snap share. Even though Brees Hall was so good, he was just such a home run threat that every time Brees Hall touched the ball, seemingly he was on a on his way to a sixty-yard gain, a seventy-yard gain, an eighty-yard gain. Um, Michael Carter isn't that guy, but we've seen on multiple occasions him be able to tote the rock. He has four different occasions this year with 10 or more carries Um, only two touchdowns. He's only fumbled once. He has a nine target game on, on the resume this year. So again, he is someone that can produce in the passing game and on the ground. And I think you're right. I think he's a lower end RB two, maybe a high end RB three on a weekly basis. The jets offense did change from Joe Flacco to Zach Wilson. They trusted Flacco to throw the ball. They haven't done that with Wilson. So I expect A lot of rushing attack, just like you said with Michael Carter. Um, DK Metcalf, interesting uh, injury news with Metcalf because he is listed week to week, okay? But he has, like, um, what is the official diagnosis with? uh, It was he has a knee injury that he's playing to rehab. It's a patellar tendon injury that he does not need surgery on. And I guess it's worth noting because he's week to week, but like patellar tendon, like only week to week. He's just gonna be rehabbing. Like, if this is a multi-week injury, we saw Marquise Goodwin score twice in week seven. Is that maybe a in deeper format someone we'd be looking at, or is it, you know, it's t it's Tyler Lockett and then it's Kenneth Walker and then it's kind of everyone else, and we don't need to really touch this situation
1: so a couple things first uh patellar tendon is usually what they use to graft in place of a torn acl as breeze hall is about to find out right um but the advantage to a tendon is if it's not completely torn it will regrow like it will grow back itself over time so hence the reason why he's probably just rehabbing it is that it's likely not completely torn or it's just strained um But it is; it does seem like something that could be a nagging thing, and he's not going to want to play until it's 100%. So, you know, we're still looking at a few weeks here, most likely. So, in that regard, yeah, I think in deeper formats, Goodwin is a guy that I would go pick up. Look, Geno Smith has been (laughs) arguably in the conversation for MVP candidate at this point based on his numbers, right? Like, we all want to laugh about it, but... I, 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 I mean, we all want to laugh about it, but at the same time, he's being productive. So, um, it, look, th- this passing attack is predicated on a two-wide receiver look with the running game also in play with Kenneth Walker, who looked phenomenal. He sure did. He's like one of only two Seattle rookie running backs to have a game like he did, and the last one was Kurt Warner, a first-rounder in the nineteen eighty three or 84 draft. Um, Not Kurt with a K, Kurt with a C. Um, He was drafted in the same draft as like Marino and Jim Kelly and uh, John Elway. Um, So with that being said, it's Lockett and Goodwin and then Kenneth Walker on the backfield. So yes, in deeper formats, I would pick up uh, Marquis Goodwin because Look, they're going to pass. They've been passing the ball this year. This is at least the second time they put up 35-plus points in a game. Um, I don't really see it slowing down, to be honest. And with the rest of their schedule, they're going to need to put up some points. So, yeah, I would go pick him up and and, then just watch what happens with Metcalf and when he comes back.
0: I agree. Um, Deep performance only. 12 team leagues. If you run, if it's like a large bench or 14 team leagues and in those type of leagues, yeah, yeah, I think like you could.
1: Three wider, like starting three wide receivers. Yep. I, okay. I, he's not really anything but a bye week fill in Agreed. If, in two wide
0: receivers. Agreed. Well, a team that is on a bye week, and this is a perfect transition to maybe someone who would want uh Marquise Goodwin, is the Los Angeles Chargers. They head into a week eight bye. And I think this couldn't be better timing for them because the Mike Williams ankle injury did not look good um, yesterday. It is reported, Mike Williams told reporters after the game that it was a sprain. There will be x-rays and stuff on Monday to find out the exact extent of this. So by the time this podcast is up, you may know that it's broken or something other along the lines uh, happened to it. But as of right now, it's a sprain. Uh, With Keenan Allen back, and we don't know, it's hard to speculate at this time, how long Williams' absence will be because they are on a buy. Like we don't have to worry about it right away. Um, Keelan Allen was back this week, two targets. Um, they did not have uh, Josh Palmer. He was out with concussion, but you know it's been a general one to two week absence with Josh Paul, or with t- concussions this year. Um, so could we see Palmer back after the bye week? Sure. What do we do if we lost Mike Williams? Is there anyone on the Chargers worth? picking up if mike williams is expected to miss time is josh palmer someone that you know when he's back that we'd be interested in josh palmer was garnering a lot of attention uh a lot of josh uh justin herbert's attention is josh palmer worth any love in deeper formats if mike williams is gonna miss time
1: if mike williams is gonna miss time then yes um but it's like we're not expecting mike williams numbers from josh palmer it's- no likely not going to happen. I think going forward, the Chargers offense is going to be more of a week-to-week game plan, much like we see from the Patriots. Um, Because, let's face it, last, you know, this past week, it was a lot of Austin Eckler. Yep.
0: Oh, Um, my, so much Austin Eckler.
1: Clearly, that was dictated by the fact that Mike Williams went down. Yep. um, And Keenan Allen didn't look to be 100%. Otherwise, we would have gotten more than two targets. And they didn't really have Josh Palmer, so, um, so that could have done it. But they were also very good last year when they were feeding Austin Eckler quite a lot in the backfield, both catching and uh, rushing. So, I would say in deeper formats, you can pick up Josh Palmer if Mike Williams isn't going to play in Week Nine, which will be the next opportunity for him to step on the field. But again, we're not expecting huge numbers from. Josh Palmer last year, he was kind of like a one or two hit wonder where he had a couple of big games and then just flat disappeared for the rest of the time.
0: Um, yeah, Josh Palmer two weeks ago, 12 targets, um, against Denver with Mike Williams being shadowed by Patrick Sertan and there was no Keenan yeah. Allen. So just, yeah, no Keenan. And they couldn't run the ball cause it's Denver. So could not run the ball. Um, but you know what? Two weeks in a row, they haven't really been able to run the ball. Um, Austin Eckler had another t- big game in the passing game. Yes, he scored, uh, but seemingly scores. the Touchdowns are easy to Austin Eckler. I mean, that's nothing. But um, they're just relying on Justin Herbert to two straight two straight games with 50-plus attempts. So um, just a, just some consideration for Palmer, I do think, in deeper formats. Um, if, you know, Keenan Allen after the bye still isn't 100%. I mean, he has only played two games this year. And there's no Mike Williams. Um, Maybe a look for Palmer. Um, Another couple injuries to the wide receiver position. What do you think hurts more? Um, Losing Amon Ross St. Brown to a concussion. This is the second time this year Amon Ross St. Brown uh, will be injured. Or Alan Lazard to the shoulder. Lazard had been looking good. Um, Green Bay's offense has not been looking good. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown... Had been looking good, and now Detroit's offense looks inept over their last two games. Like, uh, assess both injuries. Like, Lazard's shoulder, Amon-Ra St. Brown. Hard to tell again with concussions. Like, what and how fast they can return. Like, who did the spotter see him stumble? Is Is it going to be a two week absence? Is it going to be a three week absence? It's really hard to like speculate with concussions, but like. Pretty hard to lose St. Brown again if you're a fantasy owner. Is this – are either of these guys maybe like someone you're trying to float out uh, in like trades just given like – this is also – Lazard opened the year with an injury. Now he's – this is a second injury. St. Brown opened, started, ha, was injured. Now he has a concussion. Like are these two guys maybe you're trying to float out if you're – especially if you're desperate for wins, maybe two guys you're trying to float out for trades?
1: Um. Possibly. I would probably take a better... like. I would be more likely to trade for Amon Ra than Alan Lazard because concussions are shorter term than shoulder issues. Um, I would say for the fantasy landscape that the loss of Amon Ra St. Brown uh, hurts more generally speaking than Alan Lazard. A couple of reasons. One... There are a few other targets that have been equally targeted as Lazard in Green Bay. Um, you know, Romeo Dobbs has been doing pretty well. They still have both running backs um, that get a decent amount of targets out of the backfield and the running game, which gets leaned on. Um, you have – is Christian Watson coming – is he back yet? We're coming back soon for Green Bay?
0: Um, Not back, but um... – he
1: should be back soon, though. I believe. yeah, I
0: think I believe the injury shouldn't be a long, long right. Run. And they're right. and they're in on. There's reports that they're in on Chase Claypool. We don't know like what right. the extent is. The the deadline is this, I believe,
1: it's Tuesday after week eight.
0: Yep, Tuesday after week eight. 4
1: PM Eastern. Yep. Um, and yeah, there are reports that they are quote all in, but I don't know what right. give right. up a first round for Chase Claypool because like oh, that doesn't make any sense. Um. But with Amon Ra St. Brown out, there's nobody worthwhile to pass to in Detroit, including TJ Hawkinson, whenever he's healthy. Cause he just, that guy can't get open. Um, Jared Goff has no help. That offensive line isn't great. And by the way, Deandre Swift was supposed to be back for week seven and then wasn't. Right. And if there's no Amon Ra, then they can stack the box and stop Deandre Swift. So that kills all fantasy value for everybody in Detroit. Whereas, Green Bay is just killing it for themselves because they have decided not to play offense, (laughs) but that's, that's not really because of Alan Lazard. That's more so because I think people have figured it out and their wide receivers are no longer any good. Um, So yeah, between the two, I would a try to trade for Amon Ross still. Um, And uh, his loss definitely hurts more in a general sense. Also, by the way, let's see if we can't get uh, his brother some looks down in Chicago, but <laughs> could use some targets. Yeah. Others, by the way, in case you didn't know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, Amon Ra is definitely the standout of the family, so. Yeah, and so there's
1: like an I an Osiris. Like, they had a very Egyptian, there's like four brothers and all of them are some variety of Egyptian god.
0: I like the, I like it. I mean, it's cool. Um, shout out to the St. Browns, uh, yeah, and their parents, Ra, there's Osiris
1: St. Brown. Then there's Osiris Adrian Amon-Ra. Oh my gosh. And there's Amon-Ra Julian St. Brown and then Equanimius.
0: Okay. Well, you know, maybe the creativity ran out a little bit. The juices weren't there when you start naming your kids the same names, but you know what, that's for, <laughs> that's for the St. Browns to figure out. Um, not for us to figure out one more injury we'll, we'll touch on and then we'll move on. Um, is David and Joku, Officially rolled out two to five weeks with the ankle sprain. The current in half PPR formats, uh, tight end six, uh, only behind Kelsey, Andrews, Taysom Hill, uh, Zach Ertz, and TJ Hawkinson. Um, If you're a Ninjoku owner, I'm just looking at some ESPN roster ships. And, like, there's a bunch of guys rostered under 50%. But, like, who are we... Who are we looking at? Is it Hayden Hurst? Is it Gasicki? Is it Noah Fan? Is it Hunter Henry? Evan Ingram? These are all guys under 50% rostered. Like, the the Giants just lost uh, rookie Daniel Bellinger to an eye nice socket injury. He was looking promising. Here are two guys, I think, Matt, and I want to get your take. Two guys, if you are a David and Njoku owner, that you can likely replace right now on the waiver wire. Ready? Yep. I think these are going to be two popular, potentially popular names. Um, Kate Otten in Tampa Bay, even though Tampa Bay looks dead, uh, Kate Otten has been pretty good when he's been on the field and Cameron Braid hasn't. Cameron Braid already with two concussions this year. And Greg Dolchich, I think everybody knows about Greg Dolchich at this point, still just 7.8% rostered in ESPN leagues. Uh, thoughts on Otten or Dolchich, any love in either of those, uh, other of those camps? I know, you know, Brady is old as dirt and ripping through this week but Russell Wilson expected to return next week according to Nathaniel can't Hackett uh what are your thoughts on Otten and Dolchich if you have David and Joku
1: yeah that's an excellent uh Bermanesque nickname there for Nathaniel Hackett by the way <laughs> um, I would lean Dolchich only because I think he has a longer track history this year at least of producing um He's look, he's been really the only one you could really count on <laughs> the last few weeks in Denver, aside from Brandon McManus and their defense. Um The one thing in Otten's favor is that Brady loves to get the ball out fast and the offensive line isn't giving him any time and the tight end runs the shortest route, which, you know, takes the least amount of time. So. I'm fine with both, because look, tight end is a massive crapshoot at this point. Like, <laughs> I, if if you're losing a top six guy, I would literally just stream, stream them, or just give up on the position, wholeheartedly. Um, but yeah, I would I would lean Dolchich in, in this one because at least, even though the Broncos' offense is so terrible, at least he's still <laughs> getting targets and looks regardless of who's under center for them. So. I would lean that way.
0: Yeah, nine targets this week. Love it. Uh, lots of routes run, lots of juicy options, and lots of locks there for your Dolchich, too. Much better hair than k Otten. So that, uh, if that's the deciding factor, yeah, if if that is something that leans, weighs heavily into your decisions, it's obviously Dolchich season. Uh, let's move on to the Panthers' backfield. What the heck do we do? Uh, Because Dante Foreman looked great in his um, stint on the field. 15 carries, 118 yards, two receptions, 27 yards. Uh, But his opportunities, not that they came because Chuba Hubbard got hurt, but Chuba Hubbard tweaked his ankle. They said that he would have returned if needed, but because Carolina routed those Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, he didn't need to return. But nine for 63 and a touchdown for Chuba Hubbard, two reception in his Camp as well. A backfield that nobody liked heading into the game and nobody thought could run on Tampa Bay ran all over Tampa Bay. Um, What do we make of Carolina's backfield? And are these, are either of these guys startable? And I'm not going to call them running back twos because they're not, unless the other one got injured. Are either flex options moving forward?
1: Well, let me put. Let me preface it by saying I have Dante Foreman in a couple of leagues. I picked him up like immediately following the trade um, and I got beat in the ones that I went to the leagues that I went to last. I got beat on the waiver wire to pick him up. (laughs) So I got him in a, in, in a few leagues. Um, I did not start him this week because I didn't think the matchup was, was great. And I also had some, you know, in one league, I think I have, Aaron Jones and um McCaffrey and Zeke ahead of them. So right. you know. uh in another league, I think it was like Damian Pierce and you know some other, you know, actual starter bull running backs. However, going forward, I would say that Foreman is a flex option. I think Chuba Hubbard might be too in the right thing, but I think Foreman is gonna be the guy that gets the bulk of the work in this backfield. Um, look, I, you know, he was the, the guy that got some work last year too. He was number two in the depth chart coming into this year. So if McCaffrey got injured, he was going to be the guy to fill in. So I'm going to go with Foreman in this one, but it's clearly still a matchup based play. You're not going to plug and play him, Right. Cause that offense is terrible.
0: Uh, That offense will be led by P.J. Walker in week eight, just officially announced he will start no matter if Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold are healthy. P.J. Walker getting the nod uh, just for for uh, snap count purposes. And uh, yes, again, Chuba Hubbard was injured, did not return to this game. Um, But Deontay Foreman, 27 snaps, was in for 10 passing downs, 15 rushing attempts. As mentioned, Chuba Hubbard, 23 snaps so four less than Deonta Foreman, but again, injury related potentially. Uh, ran one more route than Deonta Foreman, but had six less carries for the breakdown. So um, I think both are viable pickups. I think both are probably going to be popular waiver claims um, because no matter who is under center for Carolina, is a run first attempt or offense um, because they can't, they don't have the weapons to throw the ball uh, now that they traded Robbie Anderson. Now that they traded Christian McCaffrey, uh, moving on to another backfield. Gus Edwards only owned in 16% of ESPN leagues. We know J.K. Dobbins is on IR. Uh, Gus Edwards came off the IR, and, man, he looks good. Uh, he looked really, really good in his return. Um, 16 carries right off the bat. No no uh, work-related uh, limitations there for Gus Edwards. 66 yards and two tuds. Uh, what is your thoughts on Gus Edwards on waiver wire and how much fat would you potentially burn on Edwards this week?
1: I'm picking him up like yep. as many places as I can. Look, he's a legit starting running back in an offense that loves to run it. Um, <laughs> and regardless of, you no, know, there's all this, Oh, Lamar Jackson's going to steal carries. Okay. Then why have they had like fantasy relevant running backs the entire time that Lamar Jackson right. has been there? Right. it's They need to run the ball because their wide receivers aren't great at separating. And Mark Andrews needs all the help he can get in the middle of the field uh, to get the looks he gets. So I'm all over Gus Edwards. Um, If for some reason, Kenneth Walker is still available, which I highly doubt that's the case. I would go Walker over Edwards, but Edwards is the top fab guy for me this week. And I'm not even sure it's close.
0: Yeah. Um, he was definitely the RB one in Baltimore. If you want to look at how the rest of their position broke down, because we know that Baltimore likes running multiple backs in games. I mean, we saw it for with Dobbins and Edwards during Dobbins rookie year, um, justice Hill ran the most routes. He ran seven, um, you know, Edwards ran four, but, uh, Edwards played 23 snaps, justice Hill played 20. So something to keep in mind, um, Ken and Drake, 17 snaps, uh, 11 carries for what that's worth as well um so I, we had a Paris Campbell note here Matt but I want to pivot the Indianapolis Colts are benching Matt Ryan due to a shoulder injury uh apparently he has a shoulder strain maybe he shouldn't throw 60 times a week um but Frank Reich has also come out and said that Sam Ellinger is to start at quarterback for the remainder of the year um, that is the report from Frank Reich, who is definitely gonna get fired because Matt Ryan uh, I think is making the most money out of anybody else at the quarterback position this year. Um they
1: also gave up like draft capital to get they him.
0: Dri- so what is happening? I mean, look, Indy stinks, right? Like they they're bad. They're not giving Jonathan Taylor enough carries. He had ten yep. carries yesterday. That is a no, absolute
1: feel great for telling the guy that got offered Somebody messaged me in the in our Discord and said, hey, this guy wants to offer me um, Kenneth Walker for Jonathan Taylor. I said, yeah, take that. So this makes me feel super good about telling him to take that deal because Taylor's facing 14-dude boxes even though you're not allowed to play 14 guys <laughs> on defense.
0: Yeah, this makes me feel horrible because I uh, traded for Jonathan Taylor in a league. Yeah, um, I took
1: him in a league too because I figured he'd be the lock RB1. Yep.
0: Yep. Ah, um, oh, great. <laughs> so, I, I wanted to talk about Paris Campbell, but like, does this? I guess I'm not been
1: anybody from indie.
0: Yeah, I think it's. I think it's tough. I think if you're you're a Jonathan Taylor owner, you're obviously playing him on a week to week basis. If you're a Michael Pittman owner, you're probably playing him, but like. I'm Paris not Campbell. playing Campbell or Pierce at this point. It's yeah, I mean that's um, let's move on. That's sad because Campbell has like 25 targets in the last two weeks, and I know, but it's um, easy to get
1: that many targets when you're
0: yeah, no, agreed. You know, a quarterback is hurling it 90 times a game. Ag- agreed. Sam Ellinger, not that guy, pal. Uh, as that Colts, one guy from the deli said.
1: Don't the Colts run the most amount of offensive plays a, a game at this point? I think, and the vast majority of those are passing.
0: I mean, the thing is, yes, correct. But Matt Ryan has like nine interceptions and seven fumbles, or it's the other way around. That cannot happen. But for them to announce Sam Ellinger as the starter for the remainder of the year, oh, man, it is dark days in Indy. But somewhere where it's not dark days, Matt, and I'm going to just give myself a little pat back here, Uh, in New York, uh, Giants and Jets looking good. Buffalo too. The only technically the only New York team. Um, all three teams looking pretty good. But let's go to the Giants. The New York Football Giants six and one. Uh, currently go into into the soft part of the schedule, if you want to call it that. Um, they got through their uh, their tough stretch, six and one. Daniel Jones, Matt, coming off maybe not his best game of as a pro but hard to argue against how good it was 202 yards passing and a touchdown nothing to write home about 107 yards on the ground and another touchdown for daniel jones daniel jones was fantastic against jacksonville they had two yard rushers i got to ask it matt and i think it's a viable question and it's not a homer question it is just based on what's happening right now QB 8, Daniel Jones, or QB 10, rather, sorry. QB 10, Daniel Jones gets Seattle, gets Detroit, and who's the third? It's Seattle, it's Detroit, and it's Houston for the next three games, okay? Is Daniel Jones a top-12 quarterback for the next three weeks? That silence, he doesn't want to say yes, but his silence, I can already see it coming is because it's a yes. And you could say it, it's okay.
1: It's hard to argue. (laughs) um, I'm pretty sure I could put up 400 yards passing against Detroit's non existent defense. Seattle hasn't exactly stopped anybody either. I mean, they just gave up a decent day to Justin Herbert, who was down like four of his top weapons, um, <laughs> which is fittingly what Daniel Jones entire season has been. Correct. Uh, and then Houston, I, I don't know, man, like, could they lay an egg against Houston? Cause like everybody seems to lay eggs randomly against Houston, maybe, but he comes into the stretch as a QB 10 and now he gets three non-existent pass defenses. So yeah, I think, I think it's, it's reasonable uh, to keep playing, as weird as that sounds. <laughs> and i I want to go wash my mouth out with my mouth out <laughs> the moment, but you get, look, you got to take the results, and you got to see the the upcoming matchups, and they all gel together. So why not roll with it?
0: Um, I agree, and I'm not just saying that. Daniel Jones, as as much as he's not like. Throwing as many touchdowns as we'd like. I think the, the, like Wandell Robinson being healthy has obviously helped the passing attack. We now have three passing touchdowns in the last two games because of it. He has three games of 60 or more rushing yards, including the 100 yards yesterday, three rushing touchdowns too, Matt. Like he is a dual threat. As much as he's not going to be the 300 yard passer, he's not. He has 217 yards as his, is his, Right. most this year he is in a hundred he is a hundred yard threat on the ground um as we saw yesterday he is a touchdown threat on the ground as we saw yesterday and we've seen on a couple occasions this year and the quarterback position has been dreadful and i think yeah, that's I, probably well, more important than daniel jones being like really good
1: right i was also going to throw that out that this is relative to what everybody else is doing right like tom brady sucks um rogers like, terrible the Pats, who the hell knows what they're doing with Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones or whatever. Um, Jimmy G's been terrible. The Broncos have been terrible. Uh, Matt Stafford.
0: Matt Stafford.
1: It's bad. The Texans are terrible. Basically, nobody—who the hell is the Saints quarterback? Because that doesn't work. (laughs) Um, So, like, there you go. Like, half the league, their quarterback sucks. So, if he only has to beat half the league, he's already there. So, the. (laughs)
0: Okay, well, Daniel Jones, QB one. Um, let's just jump into uh, one more segment and we'll stay on the QB position here. That'd be a fun little game to end the year um, because Joe Burrow has been just, I mean, I don't know what to really say. He's been incredible. I think we wrote off the Bengals after their week two. Was it the week two loss against the jets? We just wrote them off. We said they were dead. They stink. They're not coming back. And then, you know, Joe Burrow said, OK, OK, I'm taking notes. Um, I'm smoking my cigars, looking real cool in the back of the of the locker room, taking notes on what everyone else is saying. And, you know, Joe Burrow since then has uh, responded uh, quite well, you know, back to back three touchdown games, four touchdowns, including 500%. four touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, four touchdowns. Yeah. What? OK, so here's the here's the game we're going to play. It's gonna be Joe Burrow versus another quarterback for the remainder of the year, okay? Yeah. Um we're gonna and it's this is fantasy, fantasy specific. Um Joe Burrow or Lamar Jackson rest of season.
1: I will take Joe Burrow. Look, I'm not I think it should be known that I am not the biggest Lamar Jackson fan. I think he's Michael Vick 2.0. I'm not sure that, like, the book on Lamar Jackson is if you contain him and you make him pass, you can beat him, right? That's what's come to light this year. I will take Joe Burrow and his weapons and over Lamar Jackson the rest of the year.
0: Joe Burrow or Jalen Hurts, rest of the year?
1: much as this pains me to say i think i'd probably take jalen hurts
0: yeah i think so too i think i think the lean for Jalen is jalen hurts just and it's very close with lamar jackson too i think jalen hurts has been a better passer this year um yeah. has also not finished worse than qb 14 on the year where lamar jackson was a qb 22 this week and that's without monday night football in. so yeah, i too would take jalen hurts justin well, listen,
1: Hur- we do we really expect monday night football to uh be a quarterback show between well, justin fields and
0: we might see some matt gritty we might see some matt gritty's out there you never oh. know um joe joe burrow or justin herbert
1: i will take joe burrow
0: same um and then i think these are the i think these are going to be the tougher the toughest two on the board because we're going to go head to uh head to arrowhead joe burrow or patrick mahomes
1: I will take Patty Mahomes.
0: Very close though. Currently QB two and QB three.
1: It's really close, but the game planning that Andy Reid does on a weekly basis
0: ah, uh, it's sickening. It basically
1: just... always puts Mahomes in a position to win and put up big numbers, no matter what the uh, opposing defense is going to do to him.
0: And then we're both taking Josh Allen over Joe Burrow, right?
1: Yeah, that's not even close.
0: So I think realistically, it feels like. I would put Joe Burrow probably QB four. QB four, depending on your, depending on your. But
1: I had ooh, Mahomes, Allen, and Hurts. Hurts ahead of him. It yet. depends
0: on. I think it's going to depend on where you're ranking Joe Burrow, depending on how you feel about Lamar Jackson.
1: I would put him ahead of Lamar. So I think I, th- I think Bur behind him.
0: I think Burrow is QB four. If you think is a better option than Lamar, and he's QB5 if you think Lamar is a better option than him. Um, I think that Lamar has more upside than Joe Burrow um, because there are times where Lamar Jackson looks unstoppable as a passer and a runner, and although Joe Burrow has scored a rushing touchdown in three straight games, he will never break off an 80-yard touchdown like Lamar could on the ground. Um, so I think that it depends on, you know, Burrow has been safer this year. He has five top seven finishes, six, seven, top seven, uh, six of seven. He's finished a QB one. Um, Lamar has done it only four times, but he's twice finished QB one overall. So we'll see. Uh, I think the Burrow-Lamar Jackson debate as like QB four or five is interesting. Uh, but just I wanted to get the uh, your take on Joe Burrow because I think as as great as he was at the end of last year and in the postseason, I don't think people realize that he's been top five QB, top three as of right now uh, in fantasy. So shout out Joe Burrow. Shout out the Bengals offense. They're humming right now. And shout out to you, Matt Sells, the Nebraska native, the Kansas State alum, the NASCAR three-time writer of the year Um, big shout out to you for filling in for Dan Mellon on this week's edition of two minute drill, big shout out to the FA nation for listening to this week's edition of the two minute drill. And for all intents and purposes, as long as Dan Mellon arrives back on that plane that the rock sent him on, uh, safely, we will be back next week. Uh, thank you again, Matt, for filling in and we'll see you guys in week